What is going on, football fans? This is May Fantasy Football. We're back again after the NFL Draft. Of course, I'm with my dad again. Hello. How's everyone doing? We're going to go over the NFC portion of the 2020 NFL Draft. Some of our thoughts. Uh, some teams that we maybe thought messed up. Some teams that did well. And uh, we'll go from there. The first team we will be starting with is going to be the Philadelphia Eagles. Which, honestly, I felt this is one of the oddest drafts for a team that had a lot of other needs. I mean, they did need a wide receiver, and they took Jalen Rager in the first round of the 21st pick. And that was surprising with Justin Jefferson still on the board. Because some people had Jefferson arguably right behind Ruggs for the you know, 3A, 3B wide receiver in this draft. So I was very surprised with the Jalen Rager pick. I I completely agree with you there. I happen to like their draft a little more than most people. Uh, I'm not a Philadelphia fan, but you do know I'm a Jalen Hurts fan. Um, I feel he's going to be the best quarterback in this draft still. Um, I mean, if he ever gets to see the field, it's a problem. Oh, he will. With Wentz, he'll see the field. Wentz is hurt every year, at least for a couple games. Stafford was the same way to start his career, and he picked it back up pretty quickly. Yeah, but he's been relatively healthy lately. I mean, I just don't... I think Wentz is... He's just one of those guys that's always going to get hurt. And and I agree with you. I don't care for the uh, Rieger pick. Uh, I do like their... Uh, fourth round pick with Driscoll I thought that was a nice pick for them Um, but they already have such a great offensive line I kind of wish some other teams that were in need of offensive linemen might have jumped up there but uh, I agree with you the Rager pick is uh, in the rest of the draft really was not that strong overall yeah to choose two more wide receivers later in the draft I thought it was uh, I mean, to add three more to the chart. I mean, I guess I can sort of understand it with the injuries that they've had. At the same time, yeah, I I, I hate the Jalen Hurts pick more than the Jalen Rager. Not because I dislike Hurts, but because Carson Wentz is going to be their starter for the next four years at least. Understandable. I mean, it, to them, the best thing that comes out of this pick is Wentz goes down, Hurts comes in, plays relatively well, and then they can trade him for a second rounder. Maybe a first if he plays really well. Right, which is... That's what, the best thing that happens. Which helped some teams in the past. I mean, if you look at the Patriots, the Green Bay Packers, those are teams that used to do that. They yeah, used to always... Fourth rounders, third rounders, not a second rounder. True. I, I agree with you 100%. Because the, realistically, the best value you get from him is a second round pick. Unless he comes in and just pops off. Like, unless he comes in and is ridiculous, sure, you get a first rounder a little bit more, but... Right, so they're going to have to basically hope and pray. Yeah. Exactly. I thought, I I thought that you. was the worst pick possibly of the entire draft. I hated that pick so much. Um, but yeah, that's going to... Uh, overall, it was an okay draft for them. Again, the Hurts pick was crazy. And then just them taking Jalen over Justin Jefferson was just a little just a little crazy to me. We're going to yeah, go move on over to the Dallas Cowboys. This, I cannot believe CeeDee Lamb fell on their lap and they got him. <laughs> That might be the best wide receiver core in all of football now. Yes. Agreed. That that was a great... Honestly, Dallas had a decent draft. 
Um, it started out strong with their first couple picks. Their third pick was it was okay. Uh, Neville's good. Um, in, in Reggie Robinson, the second has upside, but overall their draft was. I would say well above average just because of that CD Lamb pick. Yeah, that CD Lamb pick definitely puts him over the top there. And again, it blows me away that the Raiders did not take him with their selection. I thought, I thought if anything, the Cowboys would just be taking the best selection. A lot of people out there I'm seeing though are like, oh no, this was completely just Dallas giving them the finger to the Eagles when the Eagles took Goder from them. I was like, I love that. If that's true, basically, if that's right. true, I love that. And this is way better than getting Dallas Goder. I mean, yes, CD Lamb has potential to be one of the best in the league in the next two, three years. So I'm absolutely very excited to see what he does with Dak, someone who did air it out a lot last year. I'm really happy to see where Dak was going, and you know if that pays off. We might see CD Lamb break a thousand yards this year. I'm definitely very excited to see that, though. Yes. Next one on the list will be the New York Giants. A very safe draft. I I mean, got some O-line, which I really liked their first pick with Andrew Thomas. People were a little surprised because there were some O-linemen that people had above him. Uh, I know for everything I was seeing, he was probably the safest O-lineman. He had no injury concerns. He wasn't a prototype. He wasn't, uh, you know, he didn't do it just one year type of guy. So I... I understand the safety to this pick, but I mean overall, I do like that they came out of this draft with three more offensive linemen. I think that does be really nice for Daniel Jones over there to kind of get his career going and Saquon. They definitely need it for the two of them. So overall, I mean, I I didn't mind this draft. They went secondary and O lineman for a decent portion of it. Yeah, I I agree with you. I think they did pretty good, but I I'm with you on that first pick. I'm sorry. With the number four pick, you have to have a higher ceiling than the ceiling you have with Thomas. That's my only problem with their draft. I really think they could have gone with... I I understand injury risk. I understand maybe only starting two years or whatnot, but they they needed to go with that higher ceiling. I think their second pick, you know I really liked because I was hoping McKinney was going to fall to Chicago. I really like McKinney, so... I thought that that was a great pick. Yeah, overall, so far, out of these three teams, they have my probably favorite draft just because of they rounded out a lot of their needs on that team. Now we're going to go over to the Washington Redskins, which really their draft came to one pick. It was their first-round pick with Chase Young. That was (laughs) the biggest impact of theirs and arguably the best player in the draft. Of course, outside of, you know, other needs for quarterbacks for other teams. However, Chase Young is... Arguably going to be a generational talent. He's one of those guys that will be like the next J.J. Watt. And Cleo Mack will just come out and just rampage the league. So I'm very excited to see where that goes. Especially with the uh, new coach of the Ron Rivera going to take over the, the reins there. And hopefully Chase Young can make a really big difference. Especially when you're having to go against uh, Saquon Barkley and Ezekiel Elliott uh, twice a year each. Yeah, I uh, with the Redskins, unfortunately they didn't have that second round pick. Uh, I think that would help them a lot. And I still question their third-round pick. I think they were better picks than Gibson at the time. But, yeah, Chase Young is going to be a difference maker um, as long as they can keep some of the other guys on that defense healthy to where he's going to be enough of a difference maker. Yeah, I definitely agree. All in all, really solid pick there. But yeah, the rest of the drafts, it's all right. There wasn't a whole lot of different difference makers, I don't think, that we'll really see. I mean, maybe 
Gibson will do something and they do need some more wide receiver help. So we'll definitely have to see from there, but that's gonna wrap up the NFC East for us. And we're gonna go and move on to the NFC North. And we're gonna start favorite. off with the Packers. Yes. Our favorite? Yeah. Well, the NFC North is my favorite because the Bears are there, but... Eh, there's better divisions. Uh, the definitely better divisions, yes. But Yeah, their draft really confused me, to be honest. <laughs> a little bit. I think the first two picks confused a lot of people, to be honest with you. Yeah, just on the fact of... I mean, I, I understand they did the same thing when it came to Rodgers to Favre. I mean, if they really thought... Jordan Love was arguably one of the better quarterbacks in the draft, and they did this. I get it. Maybe they were looking a couple of years more in the future, and maybe they didn't think there were going to be any other late first-round prospects because, honestly, this team should be a first-round team. I'm sorry, a late first-round team for the next couple of years, I'm going to guess. But then to follow it up with A.J. Dillon, a running back, and since they already have Aaron Jones over there, I mean, Jamal Williams... He, did he need teams? No, I think he's still on the team. But no, that really surprised me because Aaron Jones was a beast, to be honest with you. And for to, to have Aaron Jones and then follow up your quarterback pick, which isn't going to help you this year, with a running back who might not help you this year, and those are two of the first 62 picks, I, I just think that that's a waste for a team that is – maybe one or two players away from a possible Super Bowl. I mean, I don't think they need any more players for a Super Bowl. They're there. Yeah, uh, but they, they could use the wide receiver. Cohesive, if, which is definitely understandable there. At the same time, though, I, mean, I don't think they're really any worthwhile the wide receivers that they're oh, picked. I mean, all of them were taken. Even Brandon Ayuk was taken right before them. After that, the next wide receiver off the board was Michael Pittman. I would have taken Pittman oh, T. easily. Higgins. T. I mean, Higgins also. Yeah, I so. mean, those are two guys that were both projected to possibly go in the first round. If yeah. you pair them up with Adams, it's so much better than Love sitting on the bench for the next two, three years. Yeah, it, it definitely is a little odd because I mean, a lot of things I'm, I've been seeing is people feel like now the Packers are more shooting for the next couple of years rather than next year when next year definitely could be their year. Uh, so yeah, all in all, it was kind of an odd pick, and I was kind of curious about uh, Williams because I was going to say if you know if they got rid of Williams, that second pick would make sense with a running back. It just yeah, I I did not care for the draft, and usually I, honestly I usually really like the Green Bay's drafts. Um, they're usually pretty solid, but yeah, I mean they got some O line help. They got three in the three in the sixth round, so maybe one of those guys will emerge and do something there. And but, one uh, of them was a really good pick with Runyon. I mean, because his dad was a O lineman in the NFL. Um, I was actually hoping the Bears were going to get him somewhere around the fifth, sixth round pick. Uh, so that was a really good pick for them. Uh, Hanson was okay. Um, but other than that, those two first picks are, are just baffling to me. Yeah. Now they're done with the Green Bay Packers on their draft. We're going to go ahead and move over to the Minnesota Vikings. Man, I really did like their draft a lot. Justin Jefferson, I, I feel like, I, I don't think you know, you can say that to steal the draft or anything, but I think that was a very nice spot to be able to get him, especially with the whiff of the Eagles. I mean, it, sorry, we don't really know it's a whiff until we see these players actually go on the field. Now, I do think this could be a nice spot for them, and this was for the Stephon Diggs trade. 
So they kind of moved up for Justin Jefferson to Stephon Diggs and a couple other pieces there that they were able to add. But all in all, I really do like their draft. I mean, after that, they got a solid cornerback with Jeff Gladney and then moving over with some offensive line help into the second round. I mean, there's really nothing I disliked about their draft. They also had a lot of picks. Yeah, they honestly, to me, uh, them and the Ravens had two of the best drafts. I mean, because if you look at Washington, their first three picks on almost every board were graded first rounders. Their third round pick with Danzler, who was a borderline first, late first, early to mid second round pick, uh, they stole some of their guys. It's like they went off of a lot of the professional analysis boards and just took the top guy available. I think they did a very, very good job um, with their draft. They did a very good job. Yeah, with their 15 picks, I mean, getting two cornerbacks in the first uh, four picks of theirs was very nice in the first three rounds. All in all, I really, really like the Minnesota Vikings draft. I'm really excited to see what Justin Jefferson will be able to do with Kirk Cousins over there. And I got one guy I want you to keep your eyes out for who I think could be a steal for the draft. It was a fourth-round pick. No, No, Troy Dye. Watch this kid linebacker. Nose for the ball. All right. The next thing we're talking about is the Chicago Bears. Not a whole lot to talk about for this draft, to be honest. Not a whole lot of picks. There were um, seven total picks, and five of them were in the fifth round or later. They uh, traded down from the fourth into the fifth. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Jalen Johnson could be a really great pick if he can stay healthy. That's, I think, the biggest concern. Realistically, he should have been a first-round pick if he didn't have the injury uh, the prior year. So that's going to kind of... It definitely made a lot of people afraid for the fact that he did go middle of the second round. And there were a lot of cornerbacks that did go before him. So... If Jalen Johnson can make something of himself, I do think this could be a halfway decent pick. Cole Komet, for a team, in my eyes, for the Bears, that is on the hot seat with the quarterback and the coach and pretty much anyone in the organization, to draft your first pick to be a player that, I I, I don't know the exact statistic, but it's a very low odds that a tight end, a rookie tight end, makes any sort of impact on a team. The last one to really do anything was Evan Ingram. So it just really odd to me. Uh, Tight ends are usually kind of, they have to take a little bit of time to get their, you know, everything going into the NFL. And I really did not like that for, you know, what we need. I completely understand what you're saying. And I I, I agree with you. The, the, probability of him being anything of relevance is slim based on history but I think because of the need and because of the uh, emphasis that Nagy puts on that tight end he might make this kid relevant in year one and then the second round pick with Johnson you gotta remember that kid did what he did last year while injured and now he's had the surgery. So he was injured all last year and was still impressive against first and second round picks and gave up only four catches for 10 yards and only allowed one out of 13 receptions to those targets. 
You should bring up the statistic I read you the other day. All right. <laughs> um, yeah. I but mean, he, he did, did it, it injured. So now yeah. he's going to be healthy. So if he could be... If he comes back from the injury properly. It, and he should. I mean, this is the NFL. They use the best surgeons. You know, a lot of these guys come back from these injuries. It's, it's not like he had, you know, uh, a fractured hip or, you know, a, an MCL, ACL, which is tougher to come back from. We're talking about... You know his shoulder, and I know yeah, a player that you went through it. A player that's constantly hitting people with their shoulders. That's maybe this the guy... worst injury that a defensive player could get outside of an MCL, ACL type injury. This is, I think, the next worst injury by by far. For a corner, maybe. I mean, but he he's he he is he is a beast when he's out there, and Which, he I'm, played extremely I'm well. Not injured. disagreeing with that. It just comes down to if he can come back healthy. Yes. If he doesn't, this, I mean, both these picks could be just complete waste. I mean, any pick technically could be. I don't love either of them. Jalen Johnson has a very high ceiling, but an extremely low floor. So we'll have to see. We're going to go and move on to the Detroit Lions. One of the drafts that made me probably the most sad. However, I thought all in all, pretty good draft. Jeff Akuda. Uh, coming in for the third overall pick, cornerback, really nice uh, choice for them, especially going against Aaron Rodgers and Kirk Cousins twice a year. Very, uh, very nice to get that in the division, especially with uh, losing Darius Slay. The second pick broke my heart, but very good pick. As much as I hate to say goodbye to on Johnson. <laughs> We're going to probably see DeAndre Swift. Uh, I... I for what I've been seeing, it's going to be more of a 50-50 backfield to start, and they'll go from there. I do think Swift has the opportunity to really take over that backfield. However, with the coach coming from the Patriots and having a very consistent committee backfield all the time, maybe we won't see that. Maybe we will see more of a Tevin Coleman-Devonta Freeman 40-60 split like we did in uh, Atlanta for a couple years there. And then after that, going into, I mean, again, they got some really nice uh, offensive line help into the third and fourth round. Another team that needs that, I mean, going against the Bears twice a year, they really need um, as much as they can get with uh, some offensive line help. So uh, I, I did really enjoy the Detroit Lions draft overall. See, I didn't enjoy it as much, and my reasoning is I, I agree. I mean, the third pick, you know, taking Okuda was a great pick, but he's still a step down from Slay. He's not better than Slay. They did not get better as a football team is my problem. And when you have the third overall pick, that pick should be making your team better. And I don't think they got better because of who they lost. Okay, they got the best cornerback in the draft. Absolutely. I I, I get that. But he's still not better than Slay. No, duh. No player in the NFL is going to be coming out of the draft better than Slay. It's just like saying the Cincinnati Bengals wasted their pick with Joe Burrow because he's not going to be better than Andy Dalton coming out his his first year. He could be. Could be. So could this kid. Technically, he could be. I mean, any of these players could be. Yeah. I mean, I, just like Tua. I mean, Tua, I don't think, will even do better than Ryan Fitzpatrick his first year. But that's why they're rookies. I mean, they come out to get better. I mean, for all we know, this kid could be the next Darius Slayer better. I mean... Possible, yeah. I mean, technically, Cole Komet is not better than Jimmy Graham right now or uh, Trey Burton right now. I know we don't have Trey Burton anymore, but again, I mean... No, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. So absolutely, but I, I think their draft was okay. I mean, the Swift pick was it necessary? 
I mean, is it like Keyshawn? I, so. I mean, is it, is it like uh, your guy was bad? No, he can't stay on the field, though. He's played like six games every year. That's terrible. Yeah. I, I would move on, too, from a, I think it was a third-round running back. It, considering you had them and Green Bay both take second-round running backs, I, I have a question for you. Do you think because of what Tennessee did in the playoffs, is that going to change a little bit the way these teams are thinking with football? What do you mean with Tennessee? Well, because it's it seems like over the last decade or two, there's been such a, a change from the value or the importance of running backs and to be airing it out all the time to where it's a bunch of slants and screens and to where you might now be going back to that smash mouth football. Neither of these teams went to that with these two picks, though. But like you just said, they could be going to more running now that they added Swift. And you just have Aaron, you got Aaron Jones, who they just added a second round running back. So what I'm saying is, could these teams be going to more run heavy offenses? No. You don't think so? No. I mean, the Packers are the, last year their run offense can go way down. There's no way that Aaron Jones is going to have, I think, 18 touchdowns again. I mean, he was... He was a monster. They were arguably one of the best running teams last year. And then with the Lions, I mean, they just needed a running back in general. A team that can't run the football. I mean, they finally have a guy who can move the football if he can also stay healthy, which I'm not really too worried about Swift doing that. But no, I mean, sure, the Titans did it with Derrick Henry, but let's talk about the team that won the Super Bowl. Yeah. They don't, they're a throw first team. I mean, yeah, no, I don't. Uh, I mean, it, both divisions had a sorry. Both um, both conferences, thanks, both conferences had a run-heavy team and a pass-heavy team on both sides for the championship games. Packers and 49ers, run-heavy, pass-heavy. Well, last year the Packers were a little more on the run-heavy, of course, but that's still with Aaron Rodgers doing relatively well. So yeah, I I don't see that happening in the near future at all. Okay, just just wondering your thoughts on it. Next team we're going to move on to is really not a not a lot to talk about here. New Orleans Saints, they had four picks in the draft, three of them in the first three rounds, one in the first, two in the third. They got a center guard in the first round. I mean, smart with the possibly new regime of quarterback. You'll be coming in soon. And then a you know, linebacker and a tight end. I mean, I don't really see the tight end doing a whole lot yet, but I mean, there's not a whole lot to say about the New Orleans Saints draft. No, I mean, their first pick was a very good pick because the Saints are very inside the tackles uh, driven. They've always gone after centers and guards heavy. Um, so that was a typical Saints pick. But other than that, I agree with you. Nothing too exciting. Uh, Troutman's got, you know, upside. I think he was actually a second round um, Some people even had him as late first, but... Uh, so they did okay. Now we're going to move on over to the Atlanta Falcons. Started off from the uh, 16th pick of the first round, trying to replace Desmond Trufant with A.J. Terrell, cornerback from Clemson. I This is another one of those drafts, just not just not a whole lot was happening for them. You know, they got a center in pretty much all secondary help and then a punter in the seventh round. So... 
I mean, for a team that does have a lot of injuries in the secondary, I, I can understand the fourth round pick with Jalen Hawkins. Hopefully Keanu Neal can stay healthy and same for Ricardo Allen this year. Yeah, I mean, a very defensive heavy draft for the most part. Uh, and then just the center. Yeah, well, and for a team that obviously has needed defensive help for, you know, years, uh, it kind of makes sense. I, I think that they just played it safe and smart with their picks. Um, I agree. Nothing, you know, sexy about their picks to where it's like, wow. But uh, yeah. I think they did an overall fair job. I, I think yeah. that they, you know, helped especially their depth, which is obviously always an issue because it seems like that entire defense gets hurt uh, in the first two weeks of the last few seasons. So Yeah, yeah they had a backup linebacker and two uh, secondary players. I think that'll be very nice for them to add those, especially with a division that arguably is maybe the most offensive heavy division with the Saints, the Bucks, and the Panthers, of course, all very, for the most part, outside of maybe the Panthers, very high-scoring offense with the Buccaneers getting Brady and Gronk over the offseason. Speaking of Brady and Gronk, we're going to move on over to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and they're starting that first pick with Tristan Wirfs with the 13th pick of the first round. Very solid pick. They're just trying to protect Brady. You know, keep him as healthy as possible. Very, uh, very smart move for them. And to be honest with you, they had a very good overall draft. I mean, Wirfs was one of the top probably three offensive linemen going into the draft. Yeah. So great pick to uh, protect Brady. Um, And then to add Winfield Jr., who, you know, was one of the top, what, three or four uh, safeties going into the draft. Um, They added some running back help. And, uh, of course, you know, Tyler Johnson, wide receiver out of Minnesota is, I don't know how much he's going to see the field with what they have over there, but uh, he could help them if they're in a pinch. But uh, just the moves that they did overall, and, of course, another smart, smart draft, especially with that first pick. Great move. Yeah, I I definitely agree. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers had a very solid draft. Uh, We'll see if... uh... They will be trying to win now. I mean, I'm sure they will. We'll definitely have to see that. I'm excited for this division a lot. The last team in the NFC South we're going to be talking about is the Carolina Panthers. They, I genuinely thought their draft was pretty all right. Uh, a team that did go very defensive heavy, and again, which was pretty smart with the division that they're in. They did a draft all defensive players, actually. Yeah. So <laughs> I was thinking maybe the sixth or seventh round would be different. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, understandable. I mean, you're in one of the best offensive divisions, as I was saying. I mean, with the Saints, Bucks, and the Falcons. I mean, all teams that could be scoring 30 points or more a game. Not on average, but you, we will see them all score over 30 this year. And you had some really good pass rush and uh, some secondary help, which is very, uh, very smart for uh, the Panthers this year. Yeah, it's it's kind of funny how they went on the front and the back end of the defense completely. There's, which kind of surprised me because I really thought they felt they I, I felt they needed a linebacker losing Keekley because um, there were guys available, uh, you know, especially in that second round. I kind of thought they would take a linebacker, but they didn't. But, uh, you know, yeah, they just went front end and back end heavy, which, you know, that's what you need to beat these high-powered offenses. You have to have the pass rush and you have to have the, uh, the back end to cover the guys. So, overall, they were smart as long as, you know, a couple of these guys can pan out and hopefully do something for them this season. 
Yeah, it was it was a little surprising that they didn't go after any sort of offensive help with, of course, Cam Newton being released and Greg Olson moving on. Uh, that, I mean, they did fill the void of Eric Reed in this draft potentially for what uh, what they were able to do in this draft. But uh, yeah, I, I would have thought if you'd have asked me like where the Carolina Panthers would have drafted, I probably would have said uh, quarterback, offensive line, and then maybe D line. But yeah, they just stacked that defense, which uh, definitely not a bad decision with uh, the division that they are in. No, because they're probably going after your boy is what they're doing. So um, I'd be all about that. Well, with the division that they're in, they're probably going to lose six games right there. Yeah. Um, I would so, be very excited if Trevor Lawrence was a Panther. Yeah, Paramount I mean Christian McCaffrey. Ooh. Yeah, that would be nice. But uh, if they get that, give McCaffrey hundred million a year. See, and I was not surprised about them taking about them not taking a tight end because I think they're very happy with Ian Thomas. To be he, honest he, with he you, was, he was decent last he, year. He was productive and yeah. he showed he could do the job. He could do enough. So um, no, yeah, going front end back end on that defense was smart as long as those guys pan out. Yeah, can definitely agree there. We're going to move on over to the NFC West, and we're going to start off with the San Francisco 49ers for a team that was so close to the Super Bowl this last year. They had two first-round picks. <laughs> That's disgusting. They made that D-line even better with Javon Kinlaw, D-tackle, and they got Brandon Ayuk, which could be a very nice addition for uh, the 49ers wide receiver core, especially with uh, Emmanuel Sanders not being there this year. I, yes. I generally... Really did enjoy their first two picks. I mean, all they had after that was five, six, and seven. Not a whole lot they could have really done with those. They just you know, added up a little more on the offense, which the team definitely needs. Their defense is not lacking, which did kind of surprise me that they went Kinlaw here and they didn't take Jerry Judy. I really thought that they would have gone Jerry Judy and would have had just a nasty wide receiver to add to that uh, team with uh, Kittle. It's funny, you've made that comment, I think, maybe once already before in this segment, in this uh, episode, was about the back ends of these drafts, you know. But I don't know if you realize that they actually showed the statistic during the draft that only 14% of the players in the league were in the first and second round. Only 14% of the first and second rounders stay. But... The fifth, sixth, and seventh, sixty-five percent. Well, which I can understand that at certain extents. I mean, they got a backup O lineman, a backup tight end. I mean, none of these guys are really shooting out there to be starters, and their seventh-round pick was a wide receiver. I mean, the reason I'm saying it for this team is they genuinely are all just backups. I know, but what I'm getting at is, is such a higher percentage of them stick where the first and second rounders are gone before a lot of the late rounders. Yeah. I think a big reason to that, though, is because the pay that you have to give these other players, and if a first or second rounder is a bust or even just an average player, let's say a first rounder is as good as a third rounder. I mean, I'd rather keep the third rounder because the pay will probably be much better than you know the contract that you'll have to give them for what they believe they deserve because I oh, was a third rounder to a first round pick. I mean, you know, I, I can understand that, but I mean... Yeah, I mean, San Fran, great two picks. Yes, very strong. Yeah, they're definitely uh, have a really good shot, I think, to win that division again. Yes. Moving on to the Seattle Seahawks and their draft. This was another one of those first picks that just did kind of confuse me a little bit uh, with Jordan Brooks. I don't think it was a terrible pick by any means, uh, means but I think this team could have... 
I don't know. I would have liked to see him do a little, maybe something different with that draft. I don't know. I, I'm going to go ahead and try to pull it up. I mean, so what would you have done with that first pick? I mean, O-line. Isaiah Williams went a couple picks later. I think that would have been a fine pick for them. They need the O-line help. Russell Wilson's always they running do. for his life. Agree. Robert Hunt went early in the second round. I mean, they could have gone O-line. And I think that's what they should have really gone with. Especially with the linebacking core that they have. Yeah. With KJ Wright, Bobby Wagner. Yeah. You know, I just don't think it was like a desperate need for this team. So that did surprise me taking the linebacker. Um, the defensive end, you know, Taylor in the second round made sense. Um, but yeah, that first pick baffled me as well, too. I agree with you. O-line would have been the way to go with the troubles that they had. Yeah, and that's something I do like when some teams can just accept, like, you know what, we're not going to take a flashy pick. We're going to take a nice you know, conservative O-line pick and just go from there. But sometimes these teams just want to be a little too aggressive with uh, the draft. And I don't know. Yeah, did not love that pick. But, yeah, I think Daryl uh, Taylor will be a very solid uh, choice for them there. But not a huge fan of the Seahawks draft. Moving on to the... One of the last two teams, and that is going to be the Los Angeles Rams. They did not have a first-round pick. They just uh, had a lot of seconds, thirds, and sevenths. I, I'm curious what they do believe in Cam Akers, or what, where he will go with that team, because a second-round running back, that is like high-draft capital. Could he take that spot over Daryl Henderson? But I don't know. Henderson was was he a second or third rounder the year? I'm pretty sure second. I'll go ahead and check. Okay. So yeah, unless they're gonna you know load up on uh, running the ball, that kind of surprised me. But he was um, sixth or seventh pick in the third round. Okay. So early third. Yeah. Early. So third. they have two. You know, middle to early third round. Okay. But I do love the second pick that they got in the second round with Jefferson. I thought that was a good pick, the kid out of Florida. Yeah, I think that could be a good addition to that wide receiver core. It is definitely a solid receiving core over there, uh, especially the tight end starting to figure it out too. I mean, if they can get that run game going, this is going to be a really terrifying offensive game. I, I agree. And plus, here's another thing that surprised me. Their fourth-round pick taking... Uh, Bryson Hopkins, who I thought was the second best tight end coming out of this draft, and they got him late, and there were many tight ends taken before him. Um, I don't know what happened, why he his stock dropped, but I know early uh, in mock drafts he was you know one of the top two or three tight ends, and he kind of slipped. So. That kind of surprised me, but they got another tight end weapon after finally utilizing the tight end last year. Yeah, I, I think it just kind of comes down to that no one really loved the tight ends in, these, in this draft. I mean, there were a lot of teams with tight end needs. It's something we talk about all the time. There's really only 12 to 15 good tight ends in the league. No team took one in the first round. The first one to go is to the Bears, middle of the second. I mean... I don't know. I did not love the tight ends this year. So, yeah. No, I, I'm not surprised that they fell. But, oh, I mean, overall, they did okay. The last team on our list, 
arguably, I, I maybe my favorite draft, just because their two picks were, in my eyes, such, I mean, relatively steals. They both fell where people thought they would go. Isaiah, uh, Isaiah Simmons at the eighth pick. The I think that's just nasty for the Cardinals. I, I really enjoy that pick for the Arizona Cardinals. And then Josh Jones. I mean, a guy that people thought would go in the top 20 picks fell to the third round, the beginning of the third round for them, and they swiped him up. And I was kind of upset that they didn't take Worfs at the eighth pick, but you can't really pass up on Isaiah Simmons. Like, I get it, but they really filled that spot with Josh Jones. He's more of a you know, a project O-lineman, so I, I understand why people are a little concerned. But, I mean, man, if he can be what he was last year and kind of just transfer that into the NFL, that team is going to be crazy next year. DeAndre Hopkins they added, you know, Kenyon Drake's going to be their running back now, another belt, another year under uh, the belt of Kyler Murray. I'm really excited for the Arizona Cardinals. You know what, though? I, I understand what you're saying about Simmons, and you and I watched the draft together. We were both on Werfs with that eighth pick. But could you imagine having Werfs and Jones, how much better that would have been for the poor kid that yeah. was running for his life all season with Murray? Yeah. That's oh, where it, they should have went. I'm sorry, line. Simmons yeah. could be, you know, that next Bobby Wagner, Luke Keekley, you know, type player, you know, the sideline to sideline, always where the ball is at. But they needed offensive line help more than anything. Yeah, I I can definitely agree. I would have loved to see that just two top, you know, 20 prospected O-linemen to be on that O-line with Kyler Murray this year and Kenyon Drake. I think they really would have been really set for the next like five years potentially with the O-line. We'll see, though. I mean, if Isaiah Simmons is the next Keekly, Bobby Wagner, it was worth the pick. Um, we'll, we'll just kind of have to see where he kind of falls in that defense. I'm, again, really excited for the Arizona Cardinals this year. Yes. They, they had a nice draft. All right. Well, that's going to wrap up our NFC draft breakdown. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. All right. Well... We're going to go and wrap it up there, and we'll our next episode will be for the AFC draft, and go over the teams on that end of it as well. All right, yeah. If you guys have any questions, feel free to let us know on Twitter, Facebook. You know your thoughts on the AFC draft. You know any concerns about our thoughts on the NFC draft? But this has been May Fantasy Football. Thank you so much.